0: The 19th Hole Podcast presented by Golf Talk Live and brought to you by Perfect Practice Putting Mat, Yips, and Survivor Golf Tee. How do you measure yourself with other golfers? By height. It's a very, very special honor. I'm Paula Creamer, and you're listening.
1: Well, we're waiting. Hi, this is Martin Cove, a.k.a. John Kreese from Cobra Kai. And you're listening to golf talk live
0: let the word go out from here across the land let daddy noonan uh, approve it is wednesday march 30th and you have found golf talk lives podcast i am alan depew and we're coming once again from the trident golf performance center in port st lucie uh folks if you've not tuned in before, this is where you're going to get some instruction about the game. We're going to bring you the men and women that are going to sh- are shaping the game. And in this week, little did I know while watching TV on the Oscars, I learned that Will Smith has a great follow-through. So, <laughs> as, always, <laughs> as always, joining me, Andy Heidorn.
2: Hello,
1: gentlemen.
0: Bob Baldessari.
1: Will Smith had really good extension in that follow-through.
0: It was an excellent extension in that follow-through. We're, I want to talk about that a little more. And our special guest joining us at the table today, Bill Pressey from LAB Golf. Bill, welcome. Gentlemen, hello, everybody. So, was it fake? I mean, look, before we talk golf, let's talk life. It Was it fake? Did he stage it?
2: No it chance like was that it. fake.
0: No, Not nobody? It. Bill?
3: I didn't see it. I didn't see it.
0: It's blowing up social media, Bill. How would you not catch it?
2: <laughs> I mean the the way he sat back down in his chair. Oh. <laughs> the way he sat back down in his chair and and gave the get your get my wife's name. Get up, the deafness, I mean, this, yeah. I mean that if that was fake. I mean gotta, he's an actor. Come on, Andy. He's a high no, he's no. a high paid actor. <laughs> nope. Sorry, they, but Bobby, I mean, you do you do. I mean,
0: Bobby, I. You do have to admit, that was some good – he had some good follow-through. Hip rotation was excellent. I'd love to put him on a track, man.
1: Well, I got – Chris Rocks got excellent anticipation skills, too, because he, he was quick. He got out of the way.
3: Well, how do we measure that, that? If we put him on the GC3, is that palm speed? <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, trail palm speed.
3: Yeah, right. right.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, it was a shit show. Let's just be honest. I mean, the whole thing was just—that was just crazy. Total shit show.
3: <laughs> and then to stand,
0: and then to stand up there and start crying about his how God has led him. In, I, we That's a whole. Never mind. I, I can't go there. <laughs> we have to keep it in a different direction. Yeah.
1: Bobby, how we was got, your week? Well, we got to put. We have to put in a quick plug. The best uh, movie, of course, came from the wonderful state of Massachusetts, Gloucester.
0: True. So, True.
1: That was a wicked good movie.
0: So so I do have to ask a question. Last week, Bob, we couldn't even see you. This week, you definitely do not have on traditional golf attire.
1: That was casual Monday.
0: <laughs> Guys, if you could, you could folks, if you could see him, Bob's kicking back with his with his uh, t-shirt. Oh, oh wait, my apologies. PGA golf professional t-shirt on. And of course his Boston he wouldn't be Boston Bob if he didn't have a Boston hat on. So uh as always.
3: Stylist, sir.
1: Properly attired, yes, sir. Dressed to attired.
3: It's, it's, Monday, it's Monday at the club, so, you know, it's casual day. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I was I was up here.
0: We had 35 degrees today, and I went with my <laughs> golf hoodie on, so. Uh,
2: That's depressing. 20,
0: 35 degrees and 20-mile-an-hour uh, winds, and Thursday it's going to be uh, – um, it's supposed to be seventy three, I think, up in uh, up in the Middle Atlantic. So, uh, but let's Let, last week I I rubbed it in hard, Andy. I'm going to stand back, but I'm going to I'm going to give due. You called it, Bobby. I, I, who'd you pick last week? Kisner. Both you guys called it. Yep. But but if you remember, I want I want to turn it back to me because I want to make it about me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> If you remember, I said that JT was gonna win if he could get out of his bracket. Right? Right. But who else did I throw out there that I you thought did. you did? I said the big Texan was gonna get it done.
2: You did, and I, I didn't remember who said it, but but spot on, I, I knew one of you said it. So
1: I knew somebody said, Yeah, I think Christian had said Walter Hagen, but you know. <laughs>
2: Yes, the prettiest
0: podcaster, Christian Nizamis is not with us today. He is on the road doing an assignment, uh, moving from one location to the next one, might say. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're going to add all the committees now. He's got more work to do. Yeah.
0: All right. So let's talk about the Dell match play. Takeaways from it, uh, Bob. What do you thought?
1: Oh, wow. Uh, well, I felt like Kisner was going to be there, but it's interesting. If you like the final four, you got three big boy hitters uh, Brooks, DJ, uh, and Scotty. So, yeah. So, and then you got Kisner in there, who's just a grinder. He talked about that course fitting his eye. So, it's interesting, you know, when a course really fits your eye, and I've played that way, and all of us here probably have been the listeners, uh, you can get through, you know, maybe a so called uh, uh, disadvantage or so-called. Uh, the other guys were just bombing it. I mean, Brooks had his longest drive ever. Um, DJ hit something 400 something yards. Connors was hitting it out there. Then you get Kisner just doing his thing. Uh, so it's interesting. Maybe that course does set up for the bombers, but um, match play is unique.
0: Hey, Bill, what what was your takeaway? What was your, what was your thoughts? Because one of the comments I've heard thrown around social and everywhere was that this was a great. Uh, Testament for why the ball needs to be rolled back because here's the golf course where a Kisner can compete because of the way the course was set up.
3: Yeah. It makes a good point. And he was even bringing that up in his uh, interview yesterday. I believe it was about, you know, him being 30 yards behind the people he's playing with, but he was using the ground to help him get his ball where it needs to be. You know, kind of a european style approach it seemed that's that the way he was talking about it in his interview so you know uh these course architectures as as you know you can roll back the ball or we can start putting fairway bunkers and and bottlenecks uh out there and progressive rough but then you look at a whole different ball of wax is maintaining that and then you know, at some point at a club level, the members want PGA Tour course conditions. And that just seems like it's going to be hard for everybody. So, I don't know. We'll see. I hope to see. You know, I'll tell you what I really want to see would be the the solid kind of core technology of a Pro-V, but they could they could probably scale back the ball with putting a liquid center inside a solid golf ball. So, we get that delayed spin that we all miss so much. Ooh. Now, that's an interesting
0: concept. Wouldn't that be fun? I think we'll have to have a ball manufacturer on here to uh, to discuss that with somebody. But So, Andy, I do have a question because you're the stick amongst us. Bob can't hit the 300 yards we learned today. Um, but <laughs> For the first time. Hole, what's that?
1: For the first time in 40 first years. For the first
0: time in 20 years, yeah. Um, Andy, the shortest hole in the golf course, they were flaring it right and missing the green with lob wedges, gap wedges yeah
2: so so here's my take and and you know it's been at austin country club now for i don't know how many years but you know it it was in tucson before then i believe right um but we're we're starting as viewers to get really comfortable uh and familiar with that golf course right i I think it's a fabulous match play golf course amazing absolutely like like What's better than that 18th hole in match play, and and you know 16, they're they're, you know, getting to that one and two and and that drivable par four. I mean, I just think that that 17 is an unbelievable par three. Um, it's just such a great, familiar golf course now that we're all getting to see year after year, and it's providing some awesome drama. So, I think. You know, the golf course is really great for that event. And, and uh, it, it just makes it much more enjoyable to watch on TV.
0: So I was walking in and out of the shop on Sunday uh, during the semis. I actually really didn't catch a lot of the finals. But, it, it, but what caught me was the match, Scheffler and DJ, and the fifth hole, 370. Scheffler hits it down the left side, scampers right gets up on the green on that false front and rolls back down. Like, I mean, literally it would have been better for him if it hung up in the in the dormant uh, Bermuda, but it rolls back down the hill a little bit. DJ, 370, hits it in the back bunker. He blows it over the green from 370. Good God. And wins the hole, by the way. Because Scheffler, even though he's like 20 yards from the pin, can't get it up and down because of the, the camelback and the, in the green, it just rolls out on him. I agree, Andy. I I mean, I was in Austin. I only think one time in my life played a couple courses down there, Had, did not have the pleasure to play in Austin country. Club, but what an amazing venue.
2: I, I just look at the 18th hole. Right. And I, I bet if you played that hole the first time you'd be like, you know, what a shitty last hole. I mean, it's, it's short. It's, it's like, you know, kind of got a huge downslope from, from, you know, 150 yards down into the green, but my God, it just, I mean, those guys were hitting great drives. Some of them were getting it on the green. Others were, were kind of kicking right down in that little depression. It's a tough up and down, tough to even get it on the green from over there. It just, it, it was awesome theater to me.
0: Well, kid, even kids in that situation throws it twenty, you know, throws it way behind and, and sucks it back down, back down using the slope, as as, as you know, using the ground game basically. Bill, I'll, uh, here's another one that I, I had an interesting, and this is right in your wheelhouse, and we'll talk. We're going to dive into your your business and your background in a minute. But Will Zalatoris, Will Zalatoris <laughs> took out Hovland. I mean, putted great. I mean, if the guy could putt a little bit better, I hate to say, I mean, he's better than me. Anybody's better than me nowadays. But, I mean, but Zala Torres, did he shock you? I mean, he was the one that's really kind of surprised me this week because match play is not, does
3: not usually benefit the putter. Yeah, we. you're going to get me in trouble here, but I, I watch his stroke and, and you know, to play at such a high level. And I think we saw some videos on TV where his, his putter path going back is doing a little loop de doo. Well, I didn't even want to go there, but you're right. <laughs> yeah, and uh,
0: it was yeah, like that, the, that. it was like the figure eight on Thursday or on Wednesday or Thursday.
3: Yeah, you guys all saw that, right? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I think it's you know these these guys when they get out on these tour greens. You guys have all putted on tour greens, and the amount of deflection and the perfection of the role is is better than our average weekend golf course, or even a, even a club that's rolling a 10 or 11 is, is doesn't compare to the, the smoothness of these greens. And I, I, I still look at it. amateurs and coaching or in the putter business. Um, you know, they, they expect that, that uh, they're going to make more than 50% of the six footers. And, uh, that's uh, just not the case, you know. These these balls you get on the tour greens, and and they're still missing at six feet, seven feet, fifty fifty or something. Um, so rub of the green or deflection of the ball, it's. I think you get on the tour level, and we definitely expect them to putt better. Their putting surface is amazing. Well, I mean, I mean we I thought, we
0: we saw that on Sunday. I mean, honestly, DJ, how many lip outs did he have? And then, and even kids. I mean, great putter that he is he probably would have been in that match a little bit more if, you know, a couple of putts had, had dropped. He just, you know, was burning the edges, it seemed like, all Sunday afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Bobby, yeah. are you are you surprised that uh, Scheffler new world number one?
1: Well, he's got the talent. Uh, I was neat that the one photo from the Junior Ryder Cup, he was in there with our friend Alan Ranowski from a few years ago. That was kind of neat. I gotta, I haven't asked. I, I need to call Alan and say, what do you think of him back then? Uh, but that's a quick ascension to number one. I It actually caught me off guard when he was interviewed, and they said, you're the new number one in the in the world. So I thought, man, that, that was a quick ascension. But he proved How about, how
0: about turn, turn the clock even back just to October, and everybody was chirping about how he was the highest-ranked U.S. player on the Ryder Cup team. And fast forward, you know, six months. Yeah. <laughs> and he's now world number one. He, everybody was standing on the side of the road. He just, he was in the left lane.
1: Yeah, he was uh, that, that little up and down he made on that par five where he sort of looked like he tried to hit a little bump and run He caught the, the the face of the bunker a little bit. The mounting went into the bunker. Then he holds it. You know, that's a pretty classy move there.
0: Andy, anybody that surprised you for their lack of play? <laughs>
2: Well, I was not the least bit surprised with Bryson DeChambeau's lack of play. No, um, I agree. I mean, I, I think our boy Christian was was you know sprinkling Christian, him up. You gotta the,
0: understand, Christian loves Bryson. Yeah, <laughs> well, their sarcasm there.
2: <laughs> well, Bry, 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 Bryson, Bryson, uh, yeah, it, that was not going to be a. Although Christian's not here to defend himself. Yeah, so um, roll him into the bus. He I was do. all he was all over Tom Hoagie. And he uh, was. That's right. He, and he was. I, I think he either went one, two, and zero, or maybe worse than that. I don't know. <laughs> he, he,
0: I think he was slightly better
3: than Paul Casey.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: you know, exactly. Paul Casey seems like a guy that we'd see up there in the match play a lot more. I, I just see him. At, I watch his game. I don't know what you guys think, but the his steadiness and his power and, and just his mental consistency, I mean, he never gets flustered by the crowd. Or, you know, he, he doesn't have rabbit ears. And, no, uh,
2: but it goes to show you, though, that, that I couldn't agree more with you, Bill, but he's only won three times over here. And as good as he is, as often as he's in the mix, it just shows you what it takes. And Stephen Yellen could probably help. <laughs> help us answer this, but it just shows you what it takes to go from being a great player to actually winning. Right.
1: Right. Hey Andy, how about this stat? I just read today. Xander Schauffele hasn't won in 65 events now. Wow. Like that makes you stop.
0: Other well, than the Olympics.
1: Yeah. I mean, he won a bunch. Yeah. Or he won a few in a row and then it's been Oh four. I think it was 65. So I mean, every time he tease it up, everybody's oh, he's going to win. I mean, obviously
2: one of the most amazing players, but it's a fine line. But getting back to Scheffler, you know, six months ago, everyone was talking about when is he going to win? He's mm-hmm. in the mix all the time. When is he going to win? When is he going to win? And Bob, I had the same exact reaction that you did. Totally caught me by surprise that, that he's number one in the world right now.
0: I I got another one this and it's another, you know, bill, bill going to throw you, throw another one to you. It's gonna be a little bit of a softball. Lucas Herbert playoff hole. Was it mental or was it a putting stroke? The dude misses it from what? 22 inches. You could tell he's standing there. He literally looks and he goes, are are we both supposed to give these to each other? And and who was he playing? A kid from Japan. Um, can't remember. Herbert yeah, yeah, putt. yeah. This, this, sort of is the okay. putt, this is the putt. This is the Flails at the next one. Match over. Thanks for playing.
3: Twenty-two inches, boy. Yep. That's got that's a, a mental breakdown. I would imagine. I would hope that that from twenty-two inches and going to hit same, the cup
0: on those same tour greens like you're talking about.
3: Yeah, with the exception, oh, you know. Your Sorry, buddies are ahead, expecting though. to give it to you. And, you know, you look around like, who doesn't give you a 22-inch putt? But what's that in the leather is about 10 and a half inches. Anything outside that of match play and that towards the end of the round, you know, you don't give putts like that. Not at all.
2: Yeah, I, I think if you all, all the listeners, if you want to have a little fun, Google Google Ernie miss putt google uh lucas glover miss putt and will zalatoris you know fits in this category too you'll see some of the most ridiculous putting strokes you ever saw in your life from guys who make a living playing golf and and once that once that bug bites you man it's tough to get rid of
0: anybody uh anybody this week show you anything for two weeks from now
2: Say that again.
0: (laughs) Anybody for anybody's performance this week show you anything for, for two weeks from now.
2: Yeah, that's a good question. I got, I got some serious pools to win, so I got to figure that out.
1: (laughs) Might not be so bad to ride that horse Scheffler.
3: Yeah. I got my eyes on, I got my eyes on Cantley for Augusta. I think at some point his game is a master's champion style of play. I that he he's he's great at flighting and penetrating shots and and he seems to have them all in the bag so he's my he's my go-to for a a green jacket in the next two or three masters if not this year you'll,
0: you'll learn that my guys i mean i'm huge on victor hovland um yeah I'm stunned. We mentioned Will Zalatoris. I'm stunned. He lost to Zalatoris in the sudden death. Um, I, I still think Hovland. I mean, Hovland played great all week, and this—he lost a match. I don't think he should have lost, honestly. So
3: yeah, I, yeah. The you know, it was interesting you bring him up. I was looking at uh, some swing videos. You know, being a coach and stuff. I watching they put his swing up on the TV and then. And I was thinking, you know, what kind of, who swings like that? And the first person that came to mind was Bobby Jones. He had that same takeaway, the same ball flight, the same fluidity, and, and you know, they both ripped the golf ball. Right. But I, I could find no better example of an unorthodox swing that's maybe considered, you know, the swing used by the best players in history or at least one of them being Bobby Jones um, with that, you know, inside takeaway. Is it wrong? Is it right? Can you manage it? You look at Raymond Floyd, he was way inside. Uh, But there's a lot of major winners right there. So I guess from the instruction side, technically, I would say I don't think he's got the best swing, but he's got the best heart. Uh, That boy can he digs deep.
2: Agreed. Uh, He's a great player. I tell you who I'm not picking in the Masters pool is Tony Finau. Where is he, and what is going on with him?
0: It went, but it, he went on a birdie binge in the. Uh, when was it? The fi- his final match of pool play. He kn- whoever he played in the final match knocked him out. I think it was. I think it was Shoffley. Matter of mm-hmm. fact, I think it was Shoffley. He. I think really? he went on. A, yeah, I think he went on a birdie binge because that's what Tony does. I mean, he'll, he'll make a six and then he'll make. Uh, you know, six birdies, but, uh, but I agree. His,
3: he's kind of fallen off the, 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 map. Wow. I don't know what it is. We started watching him shift putters quite a bit and he was having Bettinardi weld hosels in different locations. I don't know if you guys noticed that the last few months and, and maybe like the six months, but he goes from a plumber's neck to a center shaft, and then the shaft was welded on to the back of the head to, to create some more onset, and then they were saying that changed the release pattern to match his release, and, and you know, he looks like he was playing good, and then he starts switching it up, and then I see him back here at the match play with a traditional hosel location, which which is a completely different torque pattern, by the way, the way the club torques in your hands when you put it in motion, but I was a little surprised to see, you know, tinkering with putters when he had something to appeared to be working good and he was in the money and then boom it's gone and it's something else.
2: Well forever he had that that heel shafted Paretti, right?
3: Yeah. He's well yeah, what, he has let's let's, what, let's, let's
0: jump to that because actually Bill w- the listeners, if if you just saw on social media, I posted something out there to anyone, anybody who wants to improve their golf game. This is going to be a wow factor. Listen to these next 10, 15 minutes of our show when we're going to be talking about putters and torque factor and so forth. I was reading a little bit about, you know, and watching a few of your videos that Bobby forwarded me. My mind is blown. I mean, there's, there's a, I want to know, first of all, this stuff is, some of the stuff you're you're talking about and doing is amazing. Um, I'll, 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 I don't want to disclose it, but what, what I do want to say is, I want to give a shout out to uh, Scotty Schaeffler for being the lone survivor. And it's perfect time for it to make a plug for the Survivor Golf Tee, one of our sponsors. Survivor Golf okay. Tee has the height gauge technology. It has the center prong that allows minimizes friction between the golf ball and the tee. Guaranteed to go further. I personally have it in my bag. It's the only way I can keep it within 40 yards of Andrew and Christian. Um, Bob, I'll send you some down because apparently there's a little power outage going on down at Trident (laughs) right now, but Survivor Golf Tee, Scotty Scheffler doesn't need it. He hits it far enough. All of us, we need it. There you go. Bill, continue what you were saying about torque. Tony Finau, because it cannot be good if he is changing putters and, 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 a lot of putter changes in the last few months.
3: Yeah. You know, the, by the way, I, can I get more putter club head speed? If I use one of those tees? you, you it's, <laughs> it's possible. It is definitely possible. I, I got some 94. I never hit the ball that close. Well, might might, might want to try a good tee, but I, I tell, tell the listeners because Bob and Andy, obviously they, they know,
0: and I've, I'm learning more. Like I said, tell them about lab golf. Tell them what you guys do. Here's a chance. Just let the, let let the listeners, because like I said, this is amazing technology information. Um, I'm impressed.
3: Well, it all goes back. I think it was probably 2010 ish. And I was in a Monday qualifier and I think I hit 16 greens and shot 72, three putted a bunch of times. And, uh, Came home frustrated and cut the grip off my putter. I was using a face balanced uh, long neck, the the old Ping manganese bronze, Ping CU5 long neck putter. uh, I cut the grip off and put a punisher in the end of it, you know, another steel shaft rammed in the end of it to make it longer. And I just had it uh in my grip and then the shaft was leaned forward till it went up outside my tricep back in i think it was the 80s cobra had a a tricep putter where you twist off the grip and it could make it long or short and when it was when the extension was on that that was supposed to go through your hands and then outside your left uh tricep and it, it would stop your putter from hinging you know forward or scooping or you know flipping at the ball into becomes a, a shoulder rotary stroke well that went away but I thought it was a great idea and I always used it as a training aid and teaching you know I'd take and uh, make a long putter and then people would lean it forward outside the shoulder so anyways I had my, my the grip was off and I was putting and in the shaft I had just eaten some pizza <laughs> and <laughs> I could I had grease on my hands and you know, I'm swinging this face balance putter, and I'm a, you know, at that time, I was probably 20 years in the business or so already, and uh, or more 25, oh. and and I couldn't keep the putter square. And I, I kept thinking, like, that's really strange. Like, I got this for to be balanced, to be square back, square through, and and I for the life of me, I had to blame it on the blame on pepperoni. The- <laughs> yeah i just couldn't I couldn't keep it square so then I grabbed a uh I, I was like that's really strange and I grabbed another another face balance putter an old mallet, and that was worse. that was even harder to keep square and then I grabbed an old zebra same thing and then I went and got one of my answers and i said well this this should be easier and I pulled it back I still couldn't keep that face square. And unless I really had a dry grip on the on the shaft, or I was holding the putter grip, there was too much torque um, with the pizza grease to keep the putter square. <laughs> and and uh, and that got me thinking. Uh, when I started, I started in the industry at B and G Golf and Tennis in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, or in Brookfield, and we had all the putters. And there was an oddball putter that we had called the positive putter it was an old brass bullseye type putter and it had a big bend in the neck and you lay it on the table and the toe of the putter pointed straight up. Well, it had a couple, it had. I think I remember correctly, had a red dot and a green dot on the top line somewhere and then they made a, a pro series and that was the first time that I saw in my head. I was thinking, well, that's a different balance. I wonder what those do. So I knew that they rested toe up. I got that. And then somewhere in 99, uh, let's see, 93-ish, Plop Putter Company came out, and we had the brass Plop Putters, and and they were advertising, their tagline was uh, 360-degree weighting. Something like that, and then there's another one called the probe, and that was another toe up. And, and so I'm, you know, in my head, and this is all happening very fast. I'm thinking, there's a whole another categories out of putters out there, and I was like, all right, well, we got face balanced. That didn't stay square. I got every toe hang putter I had, and I probably have fifty putters sitting around, uh, and I couldn't get any of those to stay straight and I was thinking about these other old putters and I used to sell the plop when they came out with their fitting stand and their system. It was the greatest marketing fitting putting thing in the world. Um, and so uh, I said, well, I wanna make a little device that I can suspend putters in to see what they do. Cause I don't wanna, you know, cut all the grips off putters and 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 influence uh you know what what I'm trying to feel. So I invented this device. We call it the revealer. And it's a rectangular thing with a really nice greased up marlin fishing swivel in the end. And that fishing swivel happens to fit in the vent hole of the end of a grip. And then you go down to the balance point of the club. You know, if you if you look at the balance point you balance it on your fingers and you're gonna put it Put a mark, usually twelve inches or so from the head, somewhere in there, um, and so then there's a trough that the shaft sits in. So you hold the bars on the outside, and the the putter hangs in this contraption, and you can swing it back and forth and and basically replicate a real putting stroke uh, without influencing or touching the putter. Yeah, without having your and hands so, on, without
0: having your hands on the putter, right?
3: Yeah, without having your hands on your putter, you could move it with that and just see what it does. Sure. And so I, I, I just made a stick with an L bracket and then a, a wall hook on the bottom. And I, that was kind of the first one. So I, I got the idea of just suspending putters and cutting through what I obviously had just noticed. A face-balanced putter was not balanced to be square back, square through. We don't. I don't even know how we could come to that conclusion besides somebody said it was and um and so i said well wouldn't it be a novel idea to make a putter that actually did stay straight and and um that that was basically the the birth of lie angle balancing and you know typically when we look at a putter in motion players tend to have a flatter shaft and and the putter shaft's a little longer or their spine is real upright they uh they tend to have more arc in their stroke. And as the putter gets into the more upright lie angles, um, like a DeMarco or a Lauren Roberts or even Crenshaw, they're all around 72, 73 uh, degrees of lie angle. The, the arc starts to change. And, and then, you know, uh, the, how much we gate or open and close the toe of the golf club in the stroke is largely dependent on how that arc looks. And if it's uh, if it's real flat and archy, there's going to be more face rotation um, during the stroke. And if it's real upright and shallow, more Pels type looking stroke, then there's got to be less face rotation. So at that point, I just grabbed an old mallet um, is actually an old Benton Big Ben, the hourglass Benton uh, mallet that he is making. I had one of those. I
2: remember that. I remember that one.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And I I was looking at that head because the surface is flat. There's no steps or, uh, and I, I, you know, just being a club repair guy, I have a full club shop at my house and I said, well, let's use this one. And I had the idea, um, you know, once I made the the first stick revealer, I, I had a pretty quick understanding that, that the center of gravity of the head when you when you're hand, holding a shaft dead vertical, like on a plumb, doesn't matter. But as soon as you put it in a lie angle and bring it off a of ninety degrees, the center of gravity is always rotating, trying to rotate under the shaft. And you see that with an iron. Just grab your iron and lift it off the ground, and that head's going to flip exactly underneath the guff, you know, underneath the shaft. So that's the cg just trying to locate itself and using gravity so that was the the, the big aha moment for my thinking uh, when i invented directed force and lab um it's just let's get the center of mass under the shaft in the first place and then make the once we get it there then we can get the lean and then we figure well the the face of the putter should be 90 degrees when the center uh, so center mass is already located under the shafts so then it'll be stable it won't want to you know seek somewhere else it's already there and uh so i just took that old betonardi and spun it on a little little tiny ball and spun it on my finger a few times figured out where the center of gravity was if you remember those putters they have three lines going down the middle and i figured well there's a center line there somewhere so you know, like we when we balance an iron on a face uh, of a of a T or something to find its pivot point, I just did that with a putter and 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 on the top line. So uh, that point, I just drilled a hole right in the middle of the head. and I, and then I was like, wow, that's that's really far behind the face. That looked weird. So I leaned the shaft forward to get the butt end of the club back over the top line. And that was really the birth of, of lab right there. Um, and the, so, the, the press
0: to the, to the average listener out there, obviously you, you've been in the business, all of us have been around, around golf for years, but to the average person, how much, what kind of magnitude of effect is this going to have on their game? If, if you put this product in their hand versus them trying to manipulate every single day, uh, We'll just, I won't name names, but a, 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 yeah. another putter.
3: Yeah. It's, you feel it instantly. You know, the putter just feels like it glides more. So there's no torque. And so I have this torque uh, meter, very expensive device. The the food and drug administration uses to test the torque on bottle caps as it's a the digital multi. So when they, when they get the break torque of a cap so i use that and i hook into different golf clubs with that and i can see how they torque in motion and it makes a wave um but the average player i like to use this analogy if you bought you're a kid and you bought your first car and you're so excited about it and you got your car and you're driving to your buddy's house or you're driving to the store for the first time and, and and you let go of the wheel and it pulls a little bit to the one side and You know, but you're excited about it, and that and you're just gonna drive it and you can hold that wheel straight, no problem. absolutely easy. And then you're going, you say, all right, let's get on the freeway and let's go a little, you know, you get up to 70 miles an hour, and that same pull gets a a little more magnified when you're going 70, and you realize you better hold on to that wheel. But at that same time, you can definitely still drive your car straight, the wheels are balanced, it feels good. Got your music blasting. You're loving it. And then you get somewhat conditioned to just anticipate the torque on your steering wheel. So you go through this and drive it for a couple of years. And then uh, you decide, all right, well, I'm going to go buy a new car. You go buy a new car and and then drive it down the road. And you're like, wow, that feels different instantly. And the torque on the steering wheel, because the new car is, is aligned to go straight, it's like instant you feel it wow that's easier to drive and um you don't really know it until you you miss it um it's one of those things and when when you pick up a line angle balance lab putter the the putter is literally as soon as you pick it off the ground it is trying to hit the ball square in the back stroke it tries to stay square in the forward stroke it tries to stay square if you open it it tries to close itself if you Close the face when you go back, it tries to unclose the face as you come forward. So uh it's just you know, for fancy marketing words, get out that way, it's kind of a self-correcting putter. So my, oh, my, Bill. So, Bill. my
0: so my cut stroke doesn't work, is what you're saying.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry well, I didn't me to interrupt you. <laughs> who do you got? and so you know in the same breath, uh you know, you can, you can have a self-driving Tesla. You could have a $150,000 Benz. that just drives absolutely like a cream puff. And uh, one gust of wind when you're not paying attention can blow that car off the road or you put your hands on it and, and you can tug that wheel just a little bit and, and unstraighten that travel real quick. So the human body is always a factor we can't ever. I don't think we can ever like make it perfect uh, as far as a golf club that repeats just because we're humans. But um, yeah, that's, that's in a nutshell. And what, what happens is people have their putter and then they they'll roll a lab, the measure, the, the directed force head with a blade. Um, and, and they notice it right away. And then, you know, you hit five, five, 10, 15 balls, and then they go back and they they grab their putter again and, and putt with it. And they can now. They can feel it now. They know it. it it's it's instant.
2: Okay, bro. Gonna... So here's here's the question for you. Who do you got yeah. using it? Who's who's playing for money? That's using using the lab putter.
3: Oh, the oh, uh, we, got, we got good dirt. I love it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, on the on the Corn Ferry PGA Tour, we have uh, Tane Lee. Yep. And I believe Chris Baker. And of course, we have Adam Scott out rolling his broomstick. Yep. So that's a, a prototype head that we ended up putting in production recently. It's it's called the Mez M E Z Z. And um, the thing with broomsticks and arm lock and even side saddle is you got to get the head weight usually 450 grams or 500 grams. And that means you got to use a stiffer shaft. So his head weighs 508 grams in the mes that Adam uses. I believe that was the exact number. Um, A very slow rotation. And uh, it's absolutely great. So we just released these. We really would like to see some of the guys that do arm lock. Now, this is kind of strange because arm lock is a thing that that Uh, a lot of players use to hit the ball straighter. That's why they're using it just to get a better line on the ball. Well, the nature of arm locking is, is it's braced on your arm. So that helps count counter or minimize the effect of torque of the putter that they're using. And then what they do is they use a putter. They like to look at regardless really of the torque and then arm lock it. And, and so then the torque, you know, helps get minimized with arm locking and, you know, these guys in gears and, and, uh, athletic motion, there's been a lot of studies done and, you know, arm locking really is a mechanical advantage. It, it just, it returns the impact more consistently than standard putter. However, if you guys have arm locked, that the distance control can be a little difficult. Um, at first, or when you have big breaking putts, um, getting that, getting your eye position over the ball,
2: it's awkward. But, it's really awkward.
3: <laughs> yeah, it can be for sure. Um, so, so Lab was really just trying to make a putter to stay square, and and we've got these tour players out there that have spent a lifetime and tens and tens of thousands, if not hundred thousand, uh, putts using a putter that whatever putter they have, they've learned how to manage the torque, just like the kid that buys a car it pulls to one side. He's going to learn real quick to drive that car to work. And all of a sudden, you know, or, or you, <laughs> you think about like NASCAR, they go left, left and left. And then uh, you put a NASCAR, this is why they don't transition to Indy very much or very well. Some of them do, but when they got to turn right, it's a different ball game. So, um, you know, these guys on tour, they, they make a ton of money, hopefully, uh, practicing and putting with a putter that has torque. And, and they learn to anticipate what that putter is going to do at a subconscious level. And then their, their neural pathways and their brain sends out a, you know, a pre-packed email saying, do this. And so uh, they've learned to manage the torque on the putter. So, um, <clears throat> Would they change? I don't know. Would you change if you, you were making millions of dollars and, and you like the look of this putter? And, you know, we don't pay anybody. So that's always a, 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 a bit of an uphill battle um, as far as being big sponsors. But I think a lot of times uh, we would have more players, but they're comfortable with the way they putt. And we don't we're not there to to, you know, give them something that that's not fix, something that's not broken. Um, you know, it it could take a player, a world-class player, a lot of practice. Anytime they implement new any new club, whether it's a driver, a wedge, a new set of irons. Um, they spend they spend quite a bit of time with it before they put them in play. And um, but we're gaining traction. We're we're lucky. We have players on the European tour, um, the 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 Asian. Uh, the Chinese LPGA, uh, Latin America, um, so that lab is out there. We don't we don't get a lot of exposure, but uh, you'll be surprised how many are drifting around out there and in, an, in the bag, out of the bag, in the bag, so it's always a, a roller coaster, this industry.
1: You know, it's been, it's been great having Bill at our Trident Golf Performance Center, and I've watched him with his revealer 50, 60 times and no matter what putter goes on there, and people say, "No, nah, I get this putter. It's, it's got all this balance." Fail, fail, fail.
0: <laughs> I, I, and, I, uh, Bob, Bob, I agree with you. I I was yeah. watching the video earlier today, and I was blown away watching the the rotation, face rotation on those putters on the Revealer.
1: Yeah, I, and I, you I, know, I, what?
0: I want to put my putter on there to find out how bad it is. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, we all know that the putting makes up so much of the game. The confidence, the you know, the oath. You know, they drive for show, puff for dough, and all that. But I, I can tell you, I've I've had the privilege of working with Bill here for months now, and we've had kids come in from the Club Med Kids Club that can't spell golf and have never put their hands on a putter, and he can teach these kids how to roll the ball in seconds. And then we've had some, you know. Tour players that are running off the tour, high, high caliber. And so Bill runs the gamut of from any amateur golfer out there. We've done clinics. Every single golfer that's come in has had substantial improvement with their golf game, So, especially on the putting. So if you are thinking about doing something to help your golf game, to play better, to have a happier life, make some more putts, beat your buddies, you have to really check out labgolf.com. And if you can make it to Trident Golf Performance Center, you're going to get a one-on-one with Bill. He will blow your mind to help your putting. It's
0: it's unbelievable
1: to watch him in action.
3: B- Thanks, Bill. Bob. Yeah, it, it's a – go ahead. Man. No, I was just going to say I, – I was
0: just going to say, I am I am intrigued to the point that I cannot wait to learn more. That's We'll just leave it at that. And I think everybody ought to hop on your website and watch some of these videos.
2: No doubt.
3: It's good if you get on YouTube. There's, uh, you can just Google directed force putters. Um, you can Google my name. Uh, you can Google Lab L A B Golf. You can Google the Mez M E Z Z. And there's just ugh, I don't even know how many. There's probably over a hundred reviews out on YouTube, um, and then different social media outlets. We have a really good social media marketing uh style and campaign and and it's really growing at a at a rapid pace um due to this social media stuff but um like bob said if you can get down to trident if you're in the florida area and you want to see what your putter does and if you say okay i want to get fitted we can fit you on the spot if you say hey listen i really like this putter it's a it's a I've I've got a lot of good memories with it. Can you help me make this putter work better? And I'm going to show you that. Yes, it's unbalanced, but at the same, I'm an instructor. I'm going to take you and 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 get out of the unbiased situation of being a putter designer and inventor, and and I can show you how to make your current putter work better. And when we put that in a the revealer, there is an absolute positive outcome every single time without even and i hate to say this without switching to one of my putters i can help people as long as you understand what your putter is actually trying to do and then when you get out on the golf course things make a lot more sense and you start feeling things and now you know exactly what you're feeling and if you need to overcome those like any good uh, sales pitch or something like that you got to overcome objections and you got to have the answers for those objections and and my job as an instructor at Trident is to look at what you got and I'm I'm going to show you what those objections are and I'm going to give you the answers to overcome those objections so that you're successful when you play golf no matter what club you're using but I would always try to get people to use one of mine <laughs> first <laughs>
1: Well, we're going to have Bill on for more times because we're just really scratching the surface here, and it's always fun to watch after some yeah, of the major we,
0: championships. We definitely, we definitely need to welcome you back on the panel at, at at open open invitation. But let me just say this. We can't talk about putting without talking about our good friends over at Perfect Practice Putting Mat. They are one of our sponsors. They do great work. Uh, DJ, top players in the world all use their, their putting surfaces. They can be easily rolled up, taken with you. They have two different sizes for that purpose. Uh, we, we joke about it, but truthfully, Andrew, uh, his putting stroke is vastly improving after using the perfect practice in the cold winters of Rochester. I think I, do, I, I see a birthday present coming up. I might get him a, a putter from Lab Golf. But, uh, you know.
3: Well, I, hey, listen, let me tell you at Lab Golf, guess what, Matt, we use? perfect practice putting mat? That's there right. You, there you go.
0: Our yeah. good friends over there. Andy Highlander, yeah. question for you. Yes, sir. Do you think that a certain guy down in uh I don't know, medalist area, he might be using a perfect practice putting mat in preparation. There's there's a rumor he was spotted with a few rounds of golf with Joe Lacava this week.
2: I saw what? I saw a video of him today. Uh, hitting a drive off the tenth tee uh, okay. at Medalist with yep. uh, with Joe. Of course, we're talking about Tiger. Um, I think and, you're talking about me. Uh, yeah, we're t- definitely talking about you, Bob. <laughs> we're always <laughs> no, talking hey, about by the, way,
0: by the way, by the way, I, just just to throw this in there, did you notice how Bob threw in into Trident plug not once but like three times in like five minutes? That was impressive.
2: That's his job. Come on,
0: <laughs> job. he's a marketing <laughs> extraordinaire. He is indeed, without question. But I also do want to say, Christian and I said Tiger's playing.
2: Yeah, you you guys did. I said he's not, but he it's looking You're more and more like you, you guys it now? are correct. Mm. Are you, you? You think he's playing, Bill?
3: What do you think? Oh, I think he's playing. I absolutely he's, think he's playing. And he's he he playing. loves that. You know, after this accident, and you saw it in some of his interviews. And if you, I don't know if you, I've been in a bad wreck and, and i tell you what your life changes and you start to see things in a different way. And, and, you know, he went through some tough times, but boy, I tell you what, when you got a kid and you wreck your car like that and you're able to walk out of it and get to play golf again. um, I think he looks at life a heck of a lot different than he did before. And when given opportunities to play in the Masters, even with a bum leg, or maybe not even be a hundred percent, we know he can win a U.S. Open on a broken leg. He's playing. <laughs> why, why? wouldn't you play in the Masters? Yeah.
0: Hey, yeah. hey he's. I, I'm saying it. He's playing. There's no doubt. Wait till the roar. Um, <laughs> I will. I will say this also. Another podcast, Four Play guys. They actually did a really whole long piece about Phil and why they thought Phil should have played. Because Augusta would have protected him a little bit from the onslaught of questions, out of the dignity that is displayed at Augusta. But I actually, if Tiger comes back, I'm glad Phil did.
3: Because yeah,
2: <laughs> I'll, I'll say this about the Tiger thing. And look, I I again I I said this last week. I had awful traumatic surgeries, multiple surgeries on my right ankle, just like he did, and. I know, Bill, you're 100% right. If he can play, he's going to play because he recognizes the, the sanctity of, of the opportunity, and especially at Augusta. But I still think he's testing out to see if he can, he can endure the walk. Um, Do you guys
3: and... notice, did you watch his swing, um, that his right foot, when he starts his downswing, his right foot was sliding a little bit, just like Scheffler?
2: Hmm. Yeah, I mean,
3: yeah, he was when they showed him hitting driver, he's got that little right foot slide, yep. kind of backwards towards the, his left heel thing going. And uh, and I, just, I was watching Scheffler, he does the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if Scheffler can play like that, well, Tigers should be able to, yeah, but
2: Scheffler can walk, Tiger can't. <laughs> Seriously, it, it's going to come down to. It's, yeah, I, I, candy I Andy, Andy I
0: completely Andy I completely agree I think it comes down to the physical aspect of yeah. I mean 100 feet of elevation change from Ray's yeah. Creek to the clubhouse I mean that that's gonna that's gonna wear on him yep yep
3: I I'd li- you I know what? I'd, I'd tell you what because if he plays I will be watching
0: we're just gonna do this we're gonna go around quick okay don't be that guy things that wear on you. If you're in a golf shop and you get the phone call and it says, Hey, I want the earliest time possible. I'm at 630. Ooh, no, that's much too early.
2: <laughs> don't be that guy. <laughs> okay. My don't be that guy this week is, is a golf pro version of don't be that guy. So, you know, you got your foursome, you're all geared up, you're, you're stocked full of beer in the cart and, and every tee ball is like every guy Has a little walk up. The three other guys are standing there. They're all commenting before he hits. The guy hits. Everyone's got comments. Don't be that guy. Just play golf,
1: Bobby. Well, I'm going to be doing a PSA video, and I think Bill and I should do it at Trident. Dear, not name drop. Um, April is going to be club selection month, and don't be that guy. That seven years ago, you felt great. You made your best swing ever. Maybe it was downhill, downwind. You hit the seven iron, 150. So now, every time you're at 150, it's got to be a seven iron. No matter how you feel, uphill, downhill, windy rain, club selection is so important. Don't be that guy that relies on the one swing from years ago that was your best ever, and now every yardage has to be that swing, that club.
0: And, Bill, we're going to let you add a, a, a guess. Don't be that guy. What do you got? <laughs>
3: Uh, I was going to say, you know, when you go to see a pro about a putting lesson, he says, how, I, you know, are you a good putter? And you say, yeah, you know, I'm a really good putter. And he, you're not.
2: <laughs> That's you're awesome. Not. Don't be that guy. Don't, Don't be, be that, that
3: guy.
0: guy. All right, Andy, final green, final thoughts, putting the flag stick in. What you got?
2: Okay. I, I just want to do a shout out to Jin Young Ko. Um she had an unbelievable streak that just ended this past week. You know, she, she broke par. I want to say 15 rounds in a row. No, sorry. Broke 70, 15 rounds in a row in competition, yeah. which is unbelievable. And she broke par 31 times in a row. So Jin Young-Ko pretty amazing.
0: I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to jump in ahead of you, other two guys. Cause it piggybacks on that. I want to give a shout out. My final thought is you want some great entertainment? The Chevron Championship is being played this weekend. Uh, it is the final year at Mission Hills. Form, formerly the Dinosaur, Judy Rankin on her, swan, her final year on tour. Um, Patty, Tav, Tav, I can never pronounce it right. Sorry. Right? Taftanikin.
2: Taftanikin
0: impressive last year with a three-shot victory over Jin Young-Ko. So that's why I wanted to jump in there. No Nellie Korda in the field. Great golf this weekend. Watch the ladies. We're huge supporters of LPGA golf. Bobby?
1: Man, you kind of stole my thunder. little. it was just uh, kind of sad to see the Dinah Shore leaving. Uh, 1972, Jane Blaylock was the first winner. I know Jane from New England, so uh, I guess – Time moves on, things move ahead, but it's uh, it's like having the Boston Garden go down to Hartford.
3: <laughs> and Bill? You know, uh, it's funny you brought up the, the ladies' golf. The first thing that crossed my head is I would absolutely give her a shout-out and a big hug would be Kassor and for getting back in the game. Um, it's a big, big boost to women's golf in the lpga and the way the chips fell for her playing in the u.s open and the story behind that coming up is just unbelievably cool and and she's a amazing person i've got to meet a few times uh, she lives up in tahoe sometimes and we'll see her around and um but having her come out of retirement to play a little golf and then qualify and and you know now she's playing in the open and just growing the game growing golf in general i think she's um, second to none and my only my only connection
0: to that is i did not snap faded on 16 at lake now where she lives so uh you know <laughs> i agree with you anyway fake folks Ending it, putting the flag stick in. Bill, again, thank you. Lab Golf, folks. If you want to improve your game, if you want to just realize that your putting stroke has an opportunity to get better and you can save some shots, check them out. You check our social media. We're going to be plastering some stuff all over that. And I'm going to finish it up because Bobby, I know you're not hitting as long as straight, but hit it long and straight because it's
1: better than wicked short and wicked crooked.